0: This
1: is Sono, And I'm Amit. Welcome to Moonspeak, your source for bi-monthly, no, bi-weekly, oops, uh, <laughs> Sailor Moon Crystal discussion <laughs> and analysis, where we sometimes read our lines wrong. Uh, remember to please keep supporting the official releases of the show so we can get more by watching uh, every first and third Saturday on Hulu, Crunchyroll, uh, Niku Niku, Neon Alley, and other sites. And Sono, I think you have some news before we get into our topic. Yeah,
0: yeah uh, before we get into Act 22, I... I realized we're nearing the end of, uh, the 26 episodes we were promised for Crystal. And I wanted to take a look and see if I could find, uh, if we're going to go into a season two. Uh, apparently we are, uh, sometime this summer. So we may need to take a little break unless we want to cover maybe one of the old movie, one or two of the old movies or something. Um, cause there, we don't have any specific dates. We don't really have any information I think this was announced through, like, Toei Europe <laughs> okay. or something, but sometime back in April they did confirm Season 2. Um, I then decided to sit down and do a little math with this, uh, Just because I was wondering if it follows the format of Season 1, it's going to cover the next two arcs of the manga. Uh, the Infinity Deathbusters arc, which uh, brings in the rest of the Outers and is the whole Sailor Saturn story. Uh, and that's twelve chapters and then the dream arc, which is horse boyfriend
1: uh, uh, okay, which is which is eleven we'll,
0: chapters.
1: We'll get to that I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah um but dark Kingdom is fourteen chapters and Black moon is twelve, which comes to the even twenty six while the next two arcs leave us at twenty three where if we're going the same 26-episode length, that gives another three episodes. And I'm curious as to whether or not they're going to fill these episodes with three side stories that happened uh, between Infinity and Dream. Uh, Chibiusa's Picture Diary, The Lover of Princess Kaguya, and Casablanca Memory. Um, The Lover of Princess Kaguya was originally turned into the second movie. Uh, and Casablanca Memory is a story about Rey. I don't actually remember much of Chibiusa's picture diary. Uh, I haven't read that since I was a child. But that came between those two arcs, and it's three stories. Mm. Um, so I'm especially curious, since the lover of Princess Kaguya is when we first see Human Luna, which we got a glimpse of back at the end of Dark Kingdom. They threw that in uh, when Luna is helping Usagi pray. So it's a weird story, but I really adore, uh, the human designs for the moon cats, especially Luna. So I'd love (laughs) to see them do it just for that. Um, stars, which is the last arc is also only 11 chapters. So I'm kind of curious as if they'll run season two kind of all the way through, or if they'll, uh, run it all the way through and then have it be like 37 episodes, I guess. Or if they'll somehow extend stars into 26 episodes for a season 3. But we do have season 2 confirmed. We don't have any more details. This is all just a large bit of speculation on my part. So uh, with that, we are getting season 2. So let's get back to our analysis of season 1.
1: And that'll be like another uh, year of Moonspeak, huh? Yeah. (laughs) At least. Wow, that's cool. All right, groovy. Well, yeah, this is uh Moonspeak episode 20, Legendary Silver Tongue. And uh so I mentioned earlier, we're discussing uh episode or act 22, it's a Hidden Agenda Nemesis. We gather here today for another more intensive discussion of the latest Sailor Moon crystal focusing on the power of words and the importance of spin. If time allows, we have a bonus topic, so let's see if we can get to it. Let's see. Okay, so starting off, um <laughs> Uh, the tongue is held by two barriers. I couldn't find the exact quote for that, unfortunately, or, or the source for it, but it's a cool uh, thing, talking about your lips and tongue, or your lips and your teeth sheathe your tongue, which is dangerous. Um, and so the, here's an Arabian proverb first for you. Uh, four things cannot come back. The spoken word, the sped arrow, the past life, the neglected opportunity. And then something from the Talmud is uh, evil gossip kills three, the one who says it, the one who listens, and the subject of the gossip. And if you're wondering why I'm bringing up all this archaic stuff, uh, I'm about to explain. <clears throat> uh, Wiseman's lies have been like water from a poisoned well, secretly filling the Black Moon with hatred and animosity towards Neo-Queen Serenity and her cohorts while wasting them away from within. Sapphire says his brother is blind to what is happening and has gone mad, but Sapphire himself reads as unstable, and I'm certain that has to do with his proximity to Wiseman's and uh, Nemesis's toxicity. When confronted with the truth and the power of the legendary silver crystal, wise man draws near to demand and reaffirms the lies. The prince um, regurgitates to strengthen his hold over him and keeps him uh, functioning as a proxy to achieve his goal. Yes,
0: yeah, Sapphire is the one working directly with uh, the malefic black crystal and the reactor. So he's been the closest to it all along. And we can kind of see just how deeply that madness has affected him. Um, he seems still to be very devoutly loyal to his brother and to Wise Man and to their cause, but he also seems like he's, at the very same moment, on the verge of turning away from all of it because their cause has kind of lost its way. He can't see anything clearly anymore, while Rubius, who seems like he's probably the furthest from everything, still seems pretty clear-headed about what's going on and has some survival instincts intact. And I think it's really interesting, uh, Saphir's eyes, the way they're drawn, they're very clouded. He doesn't have pupils, uh, which hmm. in older animation was a very, was a clear, uh, visual icon for brainwashing. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember if this also happened with Damon's eyes. I feel like it did, where, like, his eyes are also, also don't have the iris, aren't uh, clear the way that everyone else's eyes are. Who is facing kind of the truth of things?
1: That's interesting. I'm pulling up. Uh, I'm I'm nerdy enough to have a bunch of image images saved up of uh, Sapphire, or I mean, of everybody actually. Again, I
0: know when a wise man came to Chibiusa. As she starts to believe him, her eyes lose focus.
1: That's right. They really do. That's so a good that's,
0: point. Uh, that's kind of a very clear visual indicator that's carried through the years.
1: Hmm. It looks like... I actually don't have a great shot of him on. It looks like he... Maybe his eyes are monotone, but it does look like he has a pupil. But it's kind of unclear. It might just be like a darker shading of his like, gray eyes, so... Whoops on that. <laughs> uh, okay, so, yeah, getting back to the or continuing talking about this, um, a theme, uh, that occurs here and that, uh, is like a dangerous thing and needs to be pointed out. And that I only really became familiar with recently of being online and seeing people talk about, um, like justice and the right thing. And yeah, you can, well, I don't, I, I doubt anybody who's listening to moon Speak has has anti social justice warrior <laughs> leanings or predilections, but if they do, this would be a good opportunity for them to listen up. Um, Because a a major problem in the world uh, is changing the narrative and blaming the victim, and we see examples of that here. Uh, It's a really bad thing to do, so don't do it if you've done it before. Um, Even in amicable relationships, it's hard to admit fault. Uh, Facing oneself and seeing the flaws and mistakes, uh, one's own flaws and mistakes can be hard, but it is what good people do. It is what adults have to do, or at least they should. Uh, Blaming people for your insensitivities or... For being upset that you wronged them is a clear indicator that you still have some growing up to do, and you probably should take a timeout and look at yourself before—sorry, um, look at yourself as an outsider. Uh, Damon and Sapphire both blame Usagi for things going poorly. These brothers share more than DNA; they share wrongheadedness. Here are a few examples of their faulty logic. They are the ones who decided murder and violence were the path to changing the world's structure, and yet they say that she's the source of their problems, and and so is the legendary Silver Crystal. Uh, More on that. Uh, Wiseman is the one who poisoned on and helped fuel his obsession with destroying Neo-Queen Serenity, And the legendary silver crystal, again, Usagi had nothing to do with that except for the fact that, you know, as New Queen Serenity, she, well, I mean, she... Like, uh, she was there, but she didn't,
0: that's, it's not her fault she was there. Right, right, exactly. She's she's in this position, she's doing everything she can for the world, and they decided they didn't like it. That's not her fault.
1: Yeah, it could have been anybody in that position, and they still would have said, they're the problem. Uh, And then, you know, a third thing, very important, the way you feel uh, when you behold someone is your responsibility to manage from lust to deep and abiding hatred. No one else is responsible for uh, you letting feelings develop and even more so, no one is to blame for you choosing to act upon them. And we've seen them saying just the opposite of that.
0: Yeah, and I think these things are all very present and relevant and that they're things we're meant to take away from this arc because... These things come up, but the Black Moon is always written as wrong in doing this. They are the villains, and when they start breaking down and we start seeing these more individual motives and feelings of them kind of blaming Usagi and blaming Neo-Queen Serenity, kind of changing their story to suit what they need, they're their kind of warp sensibility is is portrayed as even more wrong than their plot to rewrite history, and that's still treated as pretty dang wrong. <laughs> like, that's a bad idea, and you're doing it for terrible reasons. And I think that's really important, because these are things that need to be brought up and addressed, and the the way to do it is be like, this is wrong. The people who are doing this are wrong. And I think it's kind of interesting in a way that the Black Moon are portrayed as both villains in what they're doing and what they believe, and victims in that they've been warped by wise Man. Because clearly everything they're doing is wrong and terrible. But who knows if it would have gone to this extent of them trying to rewrite history, or being able to rewrite history, without wise men. Would they have even thought of this plan? Or would they have tried to force a revolution on their own, the way people normally force revolutions through... so? through civil disobedience that doesn't involve time travel, um, and then been confronted by Minako and the others, and then had the royal family try to do something about it. It's made clear in this episode that Serenity will not kill a human under any circumstances, not even Death Phantom. He did these horrible atrocities... But he was human, so she could not kill him. I feel like if the Black Moon Rebellion had become big enough without Wiseman's intervention, that Serenity and Endymion would have taken in, like, Demand and Sephir as the leaders, and to see what could be done. And I think that's really kind of the best way to go with things, to work everything out peacefully to the best of your ability and make compromises. And in real life, it's not always going to go that smoothly. But, I mean, it's important to keep that option at the forefront as much as possible. And hmm. the Black Moon has completely disregarded peaceful, like, a peaceful solution. And they're bad and wrong for that.
1: Yeah, there's no clear indication at all that they tried to talk to uh, Serenity. It was just they started murdering people, it sounds like, and then one day they made their way on over to Crystal Tokyo, and she got really upset. Um So... It's funny that you mention, uh, like, what could have been done as an alternative. Maybe it's possible that Usagi could have been like, all right, fine, you guys go to this area of the planet and I'll make sure that my legendary silver crystal power doesn't, like, permeate that area. And people who want to live shorter lives, more natural lives, can go there and do their thing and die quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I and knowing Usagi, knowing that Queen Seren- Neo-Queen Serenity keeps that kind of sensibility of Usagi, I think she probably would have tried to find a compromise and do what was best for these people who didn't want to live this way that she had given everyone to live. But she's never really given an option to do anything about it. And I think part of that is her never leaving the castle. But I think if someone had... Con- someone within kind of the castle circle... Minako, Rey, Ami, uh, Dimion, anyone... Because we're not told that no one goes outside. Right. Someone has to. So <laughs> I'm sure eventually someone would have come to her like, Hey, you gotta do something about this. This is getting bad. And then I think she would have, because Usagi, that's what she does. She confronts problems.
1: Hmm. And Speaking of problems... um, <laughs> I have another quote here. Uh, Each problem has hidden in it an opportunity so powerful that it is li- that it literally dwarfs that the problem. The, the greatest success stories were created by people who recognized the problem and turned it into an opportunity. And that's Joseph Sugarman, whoever that is. Um, <laughs> or as a foreman once told me, there are no problems, only solutions. Sounds like uh, Common
0: Rider Beast <laughs> with his. Uh...
1: That's right, his catchphrase. Oh yes. man. What is it? He would he would call uh, it a chance.
0: Yeah, turning uh, it, it was basically turn danger into an opportunity.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I loved that so much.
0: So I mean, once again, we're bringing Wizard back into Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, we it really cannot are. be escaped.
1: You <laughs> uh, know, he's so cool. Oh, uh, he deserves his own show.
0: He really, he really did.
1: Or, or at least uh, w- the Wizard Returns starring role. Him and yeah, him and, uh, come on, Phoenix. Do
0: do <laughs> do a Common Rider Beast Returns where Phoenix breaks out of the sun and he has Chimera <laughs> eat Phoenix. I'm gonna go on about this every time it comes up. Let's let's It's, just so cool. the, it, it's such a good idea.
1: Wait, so uh, is Phoenix? If Chimera eats Phoenix, would uh, he and Beast basically become like the legendary Silver Crystal, infinite power?
0: Probably. I mean. It it solves the whole, like, Chimera needing to eat phantoms problem because Phoenix would just keep regenerating and then Chimera would eat all the mana.
1: Right, and I bet there'd be mayonnaise for everybody, too. Exactly! (laughs) Everything
0: (laughs) works out.
1: People who've never seen Wizard will be utterly lost this Deep, point. Deeply
0: confused, but I promise everyone, it's completely relevant.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we see Uzagi adopt uh, some version of these proverbs. Um, in her opening scene where she's wandering the castle, uh, she was told it was inescapable and her friends are supposedly dead, but she doesn't care. She uh, looks at the situation and sees that there is a way out for her and them. She took courage from their strength before and... Now, knowing for certain whether it is true or not, uh, Usagi is not going to give up hope or stop fighting. Every challenge she has faced on Nemesis has brought her closer to seizing the power in her heart and turning it on those who would harm the world, and it all stemmed from how she twisted the circumstances to be in her favor. Uh, Just by her, you know, just with a thought or her willpower, uh, people who behave badly and have malicious intent use lies and twist truths to play people in situations to their advantage all the time. This is such a powerful tool, and the oppressed need to learn how to use this handy tool, too. Usagi twisted the dire reality of the situation to a chance to conquer and regain her position.
0: And again, this is something that's so very telling of Usagi, because at the core of it, there is no hope to this situation. Every single odd is against her in every single possible way. There's no chance for her to win. No chance to save her friends, her loved ones, her present, her future. But never once from the time uh, that she decides that she's going to make everything okay, when back in, I believe, the last episode when she's sitting there crying, and then she's like, nope, gonna fix this, does Usagi stop trying to make everything okay? She's told her friends are dead. She has no reason to believe that they have, that that's a lie and that they haven't already killed everyone, but she decides, no, they aren't dead. They wouldn't die. I know them. They would not die here. No way out. She will find a way out or she will make one. And that's a lesson to take from Usagi. Sometimes things will seem hopeless. Sometimes things will actually be hopeless, and you've got to just keep your head up and push through. And in the end, Usagi assumes it's Serenity who gave her the power when she and her friends were in their greatest need for it. But Endymion comes back with that was Usagi's power. It was her strength and her hope and love that became so strong that she was able to actually do the impossible. She didn't borrow power from Serenity she took steps toward becoming Serenity, where she took steps towards realizing that power that's in herself. And for a second or two, I was kind of bothered by the fact that it was Usagi's power that allowed Ray and Makuto and Ami to transform, because my mind instantly jumped to wanting them to find that same strength to transform on their own that Usagi found, because they're all that strong. But that thought was kind of gone as quickly as it came because this is who Sagi is this is what her power is she loves and admires her friends so much for standing beside her and for all that they've already done for her that she wants to reach out to them when they're most in need the way that they have for her and she'll give everything she has so that they can be strong she would let them take all of her power if they needed it and that's really, that's what love is, and that's, that's what Usagi is, and it makes that moment really strong, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, enough said on that. Wow. Uh, okay, so, um going to twist what I said before, because you don't always need to rely on uh, saying accurate things for something to be good. Uh, so, <laughs> the next subject we're moving into is power through truth, more or less. Uh, all that stuff you talked about, you know her heart given her friend's power and everything beautiful, beautiful stuff, and winning when there's no chance it's amazing but uh unfortunately that's not how things actually work uh, and <laughs> if facts and knowledge of the truth not only coincided with but were the cause of the just and right gaining strength to overcome evil, the world would be a much better place, but that isn't how things work, uh, not yet anyway. I think I should trick myself like Usagi though to believe in the truth to be this is something uh, uh, Rabbi Rabbi Gordon of uh, Chabad and Sino uh, calls supernatural it is uh, not illogical to believe that just or that the just can overcome injustice and the world can be a place filled with peace and joy but it is hard um, And it, anyway I don't want to get into the uh, definition but you can look up supernatural as opposed to like illogical and they are different things Uh, It it is easy to see that things will never change and suffering will persist, but what good is it to do that? Um, How can we, you know, good people, hopefully rise up against the bad if we believe it is insurmountable? Good people need to strengthen themselves to have faith that they can change the world for better, or it will never happen. Uh, The bad believe in their cause, so the good should too.
0: Yeah, I mean we should always believe in hope and man, I've really gone into the idea of fake it until you make it for the past year and a half or so <laughs> and it has done wonders. Um but I've always seen a lot of merit in being aware of the situation and realizing what's not working and making an effort to correct that and I've been I've been called a pessimist a lot for it uh over the years which always kind of bothered me cuz I'm not it There was never kind of a hopelessness to it, it's just that this is a bad thing in life. Thing X is bad, and I recognize it as bad. And, uh, hoping that it will change isn't going to change it. Uh, sometimes the good have to stand up and get aggressive, or things won't change. And that's a thing we saw in this episode. We saw Usagi get angry. Sometimes the good have to tell the bad to sit down, shut up, and listen... Because the bad and the wrong and the unjust don't care about playing nice. They won't listen to nice, and if they did, it would be a lot easier to solve all the problems in the world. Usagi tried reason. She tried to work things out nicely through talking, and all it got her was a lot of kidnapped friends, having herself kidnapped, and have some guy, like, creepy touching her and changing her clothes. And then, when it finally hit her that playing nice wasn't gonna save everyone... Usagi stepped up and told the Black Moon they had to cut it out, or else. Usagi is this beautiful, ethereal creature of love and peace, and she is also a warrior, and she will fight for everything that she stands for with her own two hands.
1: That's it. We're done. <laughs> no, it's so great. Like, I really, uh, I cannot tell you, I don't know if I cried this episode or not, but I definitely, like, really got emotionally charged from watching this, all this stuff go on. And, like, when she told Sapphire, like, basically, you know, shut up. You're wrong. You guys are lying. I just loved that so much, and it really inspired me to direct the topics the way uh, we, we did them this episode. Um, I think we have time to go into our bonus material, but first, uh, what's, what was the uh, best line in the, epi- of the episode?
0: Uh, for me it was, everyone transform, I'll give you a hand, uh, which was Usagi to Rei, Ami, and Makoto as she reaches the power of the Silver Crystal through Nemesis, uh, <laughs> to assist them in transforming.
1: Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I love too how she just like, you know, panned her, her pan onto the ground, um, and two, one of the things I really liked about it it was, it, it was like an inverse almost of um like right after she and Mamoru were still alive on... Were they on the moon or were they on Earth? I think they were on Earth. Yeah, They
0: were, they were on Earth. They were at D-point.
1: Yeah, at D-point. Um,
0: whatever whatever D-point is. <laughs> right. The North Pole, I believe.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. Um But like how he, he connected to the Earth and could feel that the other sense she were still alive. And it was cool because it was like a mirroring of that, except it was her taking like that power that he's exhibited before and using it. And it's almost like the love that they have allowed her to like integrate that ability. Um, as far as I'm concerned, she can do anything that she wants. Yeah. But like it, it's cool that there's that it's touchstone the, yeah. that you can pull from.
0: It's definitely something that she picked up from him. where like, that's a thing she's seen him do. And suddenly she realizes that's a thing I need to do right now.
1: Yeah. And it's just, that's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, and then my favorite line was, uh, Usako, lend me your power, let me find Chibusa." and that was Mamoru, while braving the space-time storm and clutching the moon rod. Um, it's just awesome, like, how much he loves her, and how much he loves Chibusa now, and, like, how he needs to rely on her for strength. Um, it's just, it's a, they have a really cool relationship.
0: Yeah, no, the, the, the moon family is so great. They're such a, they're such a good family. They make a lot of mistakes, but they really do. They really do love each other and care about each other. Uh, we're getting to some fun Chibiusa stuff next episode <laughs> uh, that we were seeing bits of this episode.
1: Yeah, she was super creepy in her yeah. Brief appearance.
0: Yeah, black black lady is coming, and I am hype. <laughs>
1: I love that name. How like it's so ridiculous in English, but it's also uh, I get it. It's ominous and it's cool. Yeah,
0: I think I think for the original dub, it was changed to Dark Lady.
1: Mm, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> but uh, I actually have little, a uh, little. I think they're blind box figures uh, from they're, they're from different sets, I believe, of Black Lady and Mistress Nine, who uh, is in the uh, Infinity Arc, uh, hmm. who is basically uh sailor saturn's version of black lady sort of oh boy is uh, that uh, in ways. saturn has nine rings um no saturn the whole <laughs> sailor saturn story is a huge thing that will be so much fun to get into uh when it's time for that uh which is the next story past uh black moon when okay. we uh eventually hit season
1: two okay yeah that'll be really cool i'm excited for it. you know we started this like in july i think yeah, so, I mean, it really has almost been a year. Uh, all right, Um, so, our bonus topic. Yeah, we, we still have a couple minutes. Um, yeah, we can do this. Is basically Endymion. I mentioned on the last, I think it was on Writer Jump. I'm getting confused now, because we have multiple shows, which yeah, is great. Yeah, you know? we
0: have multiple shows, and we record them all pretty close together.
1: <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I mentioned I found a Yu-Gi-Oh! card, Endymion. I can't even remember what it is now. Anyway, it's an Endymion card, and I was really excited about that. So I decided to look it up, and we talked about it a little bit. And uh, I've discovered that Endymion is a legitimate uh, figure from Greek mythology, which is cool. Yes. Um, I don't know how much uh, you took an opportunity to look into it, but I I have some information prepared. Um, do you want to say anything before I share, or should I just go uh, ahead? No, and...
0: no, go right into this. This is all very interesting
1: okay cool um, so John Keats um, wrote an epic poem uh, uh, about Endymion and his eternal love Cynthia uh, which was a name for the moon that he changed from Selene uh, and it, that was published in 1818 um, it's like when I say it's an epic poem I mean it's really I don't mean it's really cool it's epic I mean it's like 4,000 lines long it's, the original
0: uh, definition of epic
1: yeah exactly <laughs> um, so it's, it's broken up Broken up into four books And each book is uh, 1,000 lines, obviously Um, So, like, that's pretty interesting Um, So, I I read the first thing uh, Sorry, the first, I don't know, like Dozen or so lines And one thing that's cool about it is uh, There's a famous saying A thing of beauty Oh, I can't remember it now Unfortunately But, uh There's a famous line that comes from it And I'll just skip it now (laughs) Because I don't remember and I'll, I'll go into my information that I actually have written down. Um, so, like, I culled together a few of the different things on the wiki, so, like, you can go check it out later if you want to, and you'll get stuff that I missed uh, or some more nuance, but basically, like, here's the gist of the whole Endymion thing uh, from a few different myths. Uh, so, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, where everything can be believed, Endymion is a character <laughs> from Greek myth who was able to spend a lot of time under the stars due to his occupation, which ranges from shepherd to king, uh, and that allowed him... Uh, time and opportunity to fall in love with the moon. He was uh, super gorgeous, and the moon fell in love with him. Uh, Because he was Zeus's kid in some stories, and because Selene, goddess of the moon, is a titan, Endymion had no agency in some of the stories about him, and Selene either asks Zeus uh, to make Endymion eternally youthful, or just like for him to fall into an eternal sleep, which preserves his good looks. Um, In either case, Endymion is being acted upon by the two. Uh In some versions of the story, he isn't a son of Zeus, which is weird how both things could be true, but I guess different places tell different versions of stories. Um, there's a version of the story where Selene visits Endymion every night as he is in eternal sleep in a cave, and they somehow consort, and she bears 50 daughters and no sons. And, um, like, that's... yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so it, it seems like the attraction to the moon and the eternal sleep or uh, preservation were the big takeaways for the people who heard the tale of Endymion firsthand hand uh, from reading through the wiki that's kind of what I've gleaned uh, and I, I wonder if the tale was meant to comfort mourners that their uh, dearly departed were asleep in the grave and that their beauty and splendor would never uh, fade from that point on because like apparently there are carvings of Endymion and on sarcophagi and like especially if someone were to die young you would want to think, like, oh, their beauty is preserved, even though it's sad they don't get to live out the rest of their life. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have some factoids, but if you want to say anything about that... No, the, this is free. all
0: really interesting uh, when you apply it to what Naoko seems to have taken from it. Um, where, especially the 50 daughters and no sons, everyone tied to the moon specifically Within Sailor Moon is always female. Uh, it was a hard, it was a hard and fast rule that Naoko made that all of the the Sailor Guardians had to be female. That's uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned that uh, in previous mentioning of Stars when they did uh, the first anime. They have the Stars going back and forth between male and female, whether or not they're transformed.
1: Huh. Okay. Um,
0: and I believe she was kind of annoyed about that where in the manga they only cross-dressed uh, because they're a male pop group. Okay. <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> reasons. Right, uh,
1: I, I can accept that.
0: Whereas if you kind of see everyone as quote-unquote daughters of Serenity, she has these kind of 50 warrior daughters, quote-unquote, and then there are no men kind of among her army, among kind of the inner circle of the kingdom of the moon. Hmm. Um, But again, uh, Endymion looking at the moon from earth, uh, Princess Serenity and Endymion falling in love from that distance and then meeting, uh, meeting secretly. Though it, it is interesting that Serenity is the one who falls into this eternal sleep.
1: Yeah, that is the
0: supposed eternal sleep uh, that she's in in Crystal Tokyo. The the fifty daughters and no sons thing is also interesting if you look at Chibiusa and how she doesn't age, where uh, Serenity is perpetually raising this small daughter.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that is an interesting point. Over
0: over the course of a thousand years,
1: right. Which, you know, several lifetimes, so several kids' lifetimes. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: So it, it seems like uh, Naoko is taking a lot of really interesting cues from uh, the myth of Endymion and Selene.
1: Yeah, and I, I believe there's a, a mention of something, too, on the wiki page that I read w- of, like, some other woman being, like, wooed by, uh, well, two people, actually, um, Morpheus... No, Hypnos, Hypnos, the god of sleep, and um, some lady I don't remember the name of right now. Like they were both really into this guy's looks, and it kind of makes me think of like how Queen Beryl, um, like it's implied, wanted Endymion. Uh, yeah. And there was jealousy at play there, and like I said, I don't know how much of the legend goes into that, um, but I, I think that's a pretty interesting uh, thing that she could have plucked from there too.
0: Yeah, Naoko definitely takes a lot of interesting things from a lot of interesting sources. And I'd actually, I've never known, I've never looked into Endymion before. I don't know why, because I was really into Greek mythology for a while. So I don't know how I didn't actually come across this. Uh, But there's a lot of really interesting things that she took from this, it seems like.
1: Yeah, and uh, I have some pictures I'm going to... I don't know. I'll probably leave my spiel in our notes, but I think for the the site, I'll go ahead and put in the show notes uh, these pictures that I found. Um, like fun facts, there's a butterfly um, with Endymion in its scientific name, and it's called the Anatolian Odd Spot Blue Butterfly, and uh, it looks pretty cool. I, I like it. I almost wish he had like a more of a butterfly motif to him than like maybe in his mask or something. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely he definitely has a. Uh the markings of that one male blue wing, hmm. where he definitely seems to kind of follow that scheme, in an interesting way.
1: I think I need to take a better look at that. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is if you uh, look at this other picture. There's a painting called uh, basically like Selene and Endymion, and it shows her wearing a like big crescent moon on her forehead pointed up and like that's
0: yeah it's definitely <laughs> like the the mark of the of the moon kingdom in sailor moon yeah like that definitely seems to be like this is something naoko songs like that's so, a symbol that i want to use
1: yeah and that's super cool hmm, i can see even just like the black and white and giving him a tuxedo because of the butterfly yeah if she looked at that, and then maybe even like the uh, the dots, like uh, I, I've been noticing his the like buttons that hold his cape onto his tux are like really yeah. pronounced.
0: And I mean, he he is very tied to flowers.
1: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not as much as the nineties anime would suggest, but yes. No,
0: but <laughs> oh, th- those were those were times.
1: <laughs> oh man okay so that's really cool um, all right so yeah that's basically my like crash course on uh, mythology and Endymion because I just thought that was really cool
0: yeah definitely if anyone uh, wants to ends up looking up more in this and finds more kind of interesting connections there definitely let us know because um, I-, I love symbolism I love uh, symbolic callbacks to things so oh, yeah. that's that's. I would definitely appreciate it if you found more and tossed it our way.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, I even... I'm almost tempted to... Uh, here, I'll, I'll put it this way. I would love it if somebody would, like, look more into Titans and gods and how they work, because I'm confused that, like, I thought, like, Kronos and Gaia were killed, and they laid the foundation for time and space and, like, for there to be the world, but then, like, what are other Titans, like, Selene doing a lot? I, I don't know. It doesn't make well, sense.
0: I d- I thought most of. I thought all of the Titans were locked away after Zeus killed Kronos.
1: Maybe because she's on the moon? Selene wasn't? I don't know. That's weird.
0: This is definitely something that (laughs) we should look into, or that if anyone listening looks into, let us know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Because I am absolutely fascinated by these things. I think I still have my book of Greek myths somewhere. It's like a. A kid's book of Greek myths, but I may be able to at least figure out the Titans thing.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be good.
0: Because I'm pretty sure that was in there.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, and then, uh, again, from the wiki, just to pique people's interest, um, a couple things. Uh, So different people wrote poems about Endymion. Uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Oscar Wilde, and G.F. Watts all wrote poems uh, about Endymion, and there are even more you can check out if you're, you know, really that into it. Um, there's a, a there's a crater called Endymion on the moon. Um, so like, there's a lot of cool stuff that harkens back to this myth. Like, I, I I'm gonna call it an obscure myth because I've heard about Greek mythology for years and never heard anybody once mention Endymion. Yeah, so. this is
0: this definitely isn't one that comes up a lot. Um, probably because no one in it is. A god that was worshipped, mm. um, at least as far as I can tell from this kind of cursory glance at it, um, and it's it doesn't seem to be a very explanatory myth.
1: Yeah. Not so too much. Uh,
0: in the in the way that like Persephone would be uh, about se- with regarding seasons.
1: Oh, okay. I Whereas I that saying. is
0: a. Whereas I think those sort of myths are a lot more popular, hmm. but that's all me making guesses.
1: Yeah, and like I was, I was going to counter with, well, and you know, my guess would be that it's about death and and like, yeah, being okay with it. But that's just a guess, so who knows? All right. Well, before we conjecture ourselves into another show, uh, let's <laughs> go ahead and call it quits.
0: Yes. Uh, see you guys next time for Act Twenty Three. Uh, which is going to have some Black Lady Which is going to be fun Fun times I love Black Lady
1: Yeah, yeah I'm definitely looking forward to it And thanks, Sona, for uh, joining me at this time
0: Yeah, no, always, always a pleasure
1: Alright, well, goodbye, listeners we Later <laughs> We will always fight and stand on our own Shiny makeup, I'll be the one Who shines in the sky with all of us We are not the softest girls anymore That needed protection from all our fears So now shiny makeup, I'll be the one